Hello everybody and welcome back to a new episode of Creeping It Real with me Morgan. Uh, I hope you've had a great week. It has been ridiculously hot here in the UK where I'm from, well, South Wales where I'm from in the UK. Um, and it really isn't in the spirit of spooky season. I'm so over this summer now and I would just want it to be Halloween. Um, but yeah, anyway, enough about the weather. We're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about some spooks. Um, so I do have some cool stories in, the, in this episode. Um, uh, a genre of different ones, I should say. Um, so yeah, let's just get into it and I won't keep rambling about everything else. Let's just get into it. The first two stories I'm going to share with you come from an anonymous listener um, who's asked to be kept anonymous. So um, her story starts um, with, it's about her grandparents' house, I should say first, sorry, my mistake. Uh, so yeah, it's about her grandparents' house and it reads... My grandparents' house has been in the family for a few generations now, and when I was younger, no one talked about the odd goings-on. So myself and my cousin wouldn't get freaked out, as we spent so many days there and nights there as kids. From a young age, though, my cousin and I would stay in separate rooms, as we would both wake up in the night freezing cold and hearing noises, which our family would always say it was just old house noises. My dad had grown up there, so my, my grandfather had the house... Sorry, that doesn't make any sense. What did I just say? Um, my, my father had grown up there, and so had my grandfather. So the house was full of family history. Before that, it was a groundskeeper's house for the property next door. We didn't really show an interest in our grandfather's family at the time, as we were only young and they had passed before either of us were even thought of. We spent a good majority of our time outside in the fields or at the farm next door, rather than indoors, because we were both the kind of kids that were always out getting covered in mud and preferred being outside, even in the rain, than in the house. The first major experience I had there was when I was about eight or nine while staying in my dad's old room, and I woke up to see my cousin in the bed next to me staring at the foot of the bed. He was so calm, so I didn't think much of it, until I looked at the end of the bed and I saw a figure standing over us. Ooh. I screeched and pulled the blanket over my head. My cousin carried on staring and tried to comfort me, by, despite being a few years younger than me, by saying it was okay and that he was no trouble. The silhouette was all I saw in a panic, but the outline was, was clear as it was stood in front of the only window in the room. Nothing else was kept at the bottom of the bed. By the time I got the courage to flick the light on a few minutes later, avoiding looking down as I did, my cousin had already spent 10 minutes at least looking at this figure. And from the light from the hallway coming through the door, he had seen facial features, clothes, and basically the entire person. He told me at first when he saw the figure, he thought it was our granddad. But as he woke, he realised it was somebody else. My grandparents came in from their room after hearing the emotion, in brackets it says, as we slept with our doors open. Uh, us arguing about what to do. They tried our best to calm us down and told us we must have just been dreaming, but neither of us would accept that we both had the same dream. My cousin was adamant he'd been awake for ages looking at the man before I'd even woken up. The night my cousin went back to sleep, but I didn't. I stayed awake all night under the duvet, hearing all the noises I'd heard before in the house, the creaks and the groans and the footsteps going back and forth the hallway that I'd been convinced was just the floorboards even when they stopped by the side of my bed. Oh. Um, they would wait, then head back down the hall with a thud, thud, thud. How do, you, how do you explain that, guys? How do you explain that? The next day, my cousin wouldn't let it go. Understandably, and everyone that come into the house heard about the man in our room, 
but he also kept insisting that he was a nice man and he just wanted to see us. I, on the other hand, couldn't get why this would make this terrifying experience okay. In the middle of the billionth retelling that day our family gave in trying to deny it happened when my cousin started explaining in detail what the man looked like and what he was wearing. Everyone seemed to stiffen and my granddad went off to the other room to pull out some albums that we didn't know existed. He showed my cousin a page of people. My cousin pointed to a man with the same type of hair, same type of clothes and the description that he'd been telling us. My granddad confirmed that it was his own father who neither of us had met or even seen a picture of. My cousin was so pleased because he felt vindicated that, like he said, this person didn't mean any harm. He just wanted to see us. My family then became more open about the odd things that had happened in the house that they always kept quiet about to us and denied we were experiencing them. (laughs) Plenty of noises and shapes disappearing around corners, occasional voices, people looking out of windows when you were outside. People looking out of windows? That's got to be the creepiest thing ever. Um, When you're outside and things going missing or being moved. So many times in my childhood, my cousin or I would see my granddad go around the tree line outside. We'd chase after him only to find there was no one on the other side. Wait, so you just... I don't get that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I do understand. Chasing the, the person around the tree, like as if you're going around in circles. Okay. Um, only to see that there wasn't a person on the other side. Um, so, so many times in my childhood, uh, we would run into the house to find him with his feet up with a cup of tea or be told that he was out doing work in the neighborhood, but wouldn't be home for ages. Right. So I messed that up a little bit then guys. What they said was they used to chase who they thought was their granddad around the tree and then they'd run around the tree chasing him, but then there'd be nobody on the other sides basically so who was who that um after that i often heard someone appear by the side of my bed at night and i would freeze and be too scared to look i pretend it wouldn't i would pretend it wasn't happening my cousin however would apparently talk to him if he was there alone as he didn't want to frighten me if i was there Aww. when i reach an age i needed my own room wednesday and i tried sleeping with my door closed only to hear it open in the night with the f- footsteps from the hallway doing its usual route I stopped staying there long. I stopped staying there not long after that. Years later, when I was in my early twenties, my dad did a visit to my grandparents' house. He didn't visit the, my grandparents' house very often, but decided to stop in before he was going away for a few weeks. The night before I had gone to visit, he had discussed posting a card as it was a birthday for a family member, but instead decided to detour and stop by at the last minute. He was about to leave the house, but as he got up, someone he hadn't seen in years walked through the door. So he sat back in the armchair. Only a few minutes later, he had an aneurysm and died. Oh no. Wait, I've lost myself. Had an aneurysm and died. That's that's really bad. Sorry about that. If he hadn't sat back down, he would have been on the motorway when it happened. If he hadn't had the urge to go back to his family home, it would have been months since he had last seen them. And he would have been en route to his family. Uh, en route to his holiday, sorry, not his family. He was only in his early 40s and none of us knew that he had any health concerns. Since owning that house, almost every family member had uh, had died in the comfort of their own home. With my father, despite living over an hour away, it was like a home beacon. He had to return. I drove with my husband the same route my father drove that day and it was surreal. There was religious signs up saying he died on a Friday. It was an Easter Friday my father died and... 
he will rise again was another sign which was unnerving but understandably relevant to the time of year yeah i suppose if it's easter you might see the things outside churches and stuff um but nonetheless it's still weird um there was some that had graffiti on saying highway to hell which was oddly one of his favorite songs uh one that said the end and the one that had r.i.p written on it when we got to the house, we had very minimal information on what actually happened. But as I walked into the room, I went to sit in an armchair. But my skin started crawling, so I carried on to the next chair that was free. My husband came in behind me after parking slumped into the chair and immediately flew back up and went to the other side of the room and refused offers by my grandparents to sit. We didn't know that that was where he was sitting when it happened, but felt it as we got to the chair. Both of us still can't decide whether it was a vibe from the chair or everyone in the room. That just gave me goosebumps, that did. But everyone who came into the house whilst we were there all had the same response. Following his death, that side of my family had their tradition surfaced that I hadn't before experienced for the funeral. The member of the family who had passed would be kept in the house in their coffin overnight before the funeral, and then be escorted by the family to the church at the end of the street in the morning. In the months following, we had a lot of stress regarding my father's will. In frustration, a family member was in the house alone, having an event out loud to my dad, blaming him for going so soon and leaving us to deal with the fallout, etc. At the peak of her anger, there was a bang and a picture from the shelf fell off and landed a good couple of metres away, in front of my aunt on the dining table. Face up was a picture of my dad grinning at her. Again, that's just giving me goosebumps. Um, the only picture at the time of him in the whole room since his death, the activity like this increased slightly. Always a prankster, normally he gets the blame for any goings-on that seems sarcastic or mischievous in the nature that has been the definite change in tone in those walls since he died there. The house has always felt like there's people all around you, claustrophobic and loud, despite there being silence. As I've gotten older, I don't feel like there's any threat there, but it's also somewhere I wouldn't like to be alone. I no longer go upstairs, and I don't like being anywhere in there on my own. I do now sit in the armchair. I find it oddly com comforting having the shivers go down my spine and feeling the faint feeling of a hand on my shoulder when I start feeling uneasy. Maybe these things can be explained away and if there is reasonable explanations of any of it, I do try and convince myself that it's that all of it is. But once you've experienced someone standing before you, it's hard to ever unsee that. Wow, okay, so this is probably one of my favorite stories so far because it's got such a personal touch to it. Um, thank you very much for sending it in but that isn't all we have another account from the same uh person which i will go into in a minute but i just want to talk about this other story um you know the hand on the shoulder thing how like weird is that because i don't know if there's like something if there's like a muscle spasm or something that could happen to make you feel like that but i've i've actually had that a few times where i felt like someone's touched my shoulder but then you don't know because you don't remember it you'd sort of go oh i don't know if i sort of like imagined it or something um i think it's really really comforting that you can and it's quite nice that you can go there and know that your dad is there as well um so if you ever want to talk to him or anything like that you can always go to the house i get why you do feel a bit scared though as well because it is a lot um especially as it's not just your dad there he, obviously there's other spirits there because um you've seen them yourself um but yeah, I, I see a lot of stories about like children seeing people in their rooms and being visited by grandparents. Um, I'm pretty sure, I'll have to confirm it with my mum, but I'm I'm 99% sure that my mum had this an experience like that, which I will get the full story on and share with you. 
Um, but yes, anyway, let's let's get into the second part of his story, which actually happened on a different occasion. Um, but yeah, so the story reads: most of the oddest paranormal experiences I've experienced have been in the in the house I grew up in. So this isn't her grandparents' house now. This is the other house that she grew up in. When I was young, I always said that I'd only ever want to move into a new build rather than an old one because you know it won't come with ghosts. I no longer live by this philosophy. Yeah, you can't... I don't think um, it matters whether the house is new or old. I think it's more about the land that it's built on um, or the area because I've seen lots of theories. They are only theories, like I said, um, that even if you see... Even if your house is built on like a Roman ground or something where Roman soldiers would have died, um, you might be able to see those Roman soldiers' spirits, but they'll be like, like waist, you'll only see them like waist height up from the floor because the floor is now a lot higher than what it was back in the Roman days. Does that make sense? Um, so they're still there. So it depends on where... I, I do suppose, though, that if you had like a skyscraper building built on the Roman place, I don't think you'd see a Roman soldier upstairs in a place like that. I feel like it would be downstairs if this theory is correct. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll just digress. We'll just go back into it. Um, I moved into the house when I was six with my mum, my older siblings and stepdad. For the first few years, I can genuinely say there was no experiences. The first time things started happening was when my sister was born, when I was ten. From the moment she could start cooing away, we would see her on the baby monitor chatting away. Normal creepy baby shit. No one thought any more of it. The older she got, the more she would talk to the people who weren't there and be asked to pick be picked up or played with by no one and would tell us someone was there when we would tell her there wasn't. Babies always do creepy stuff, don't they? Um, this would be day or night, and to be honest, even though it was weird, we just accepted it as a toddler being a toddler. I honestly tried to forget it ever happened until I was about 14, and I'd started suffering with depression and anxiety, as well as going through things in the life of a 14-year-old girl has to experience. Around then, I started catching things at the corner of my eye in the house, not enough to say I'd seen it, but enough to get me to question what I'd seen. Sometimes, I'd even seen a blur in the corner of my room by the door of a figure, but told myself, new house, no one's ever died here. I'd fully convinced myself it was in my head, and I'd even gone for eye tests, which I had it all clear on. One day, I'm getting ready to go out, and it's the middle of summer. My mum my had all the doors open, and my sisters both both the age of four and under, are crashing around downstairs for my mum and the dog. My mum shouts up the stairs to me about something. I turn to the stairs, which is directly opposite my bedroom, and the spirals go down, and I see a black cat, eyes wide, wide open, staring at me. I, sh- I just got shivers. Um, I shout to my mum instantly, shouting, Cat, there's a cat in the house on the stairs. Grab the dog. And I launched to the top of the stairs. The cat ran down where the stairs spiral. We had a full length mirror so you could see from the bottom to the top and vice versa. So I see this cat run down the first four steps and vanish in the reflection. Wow. For the lack of better wording, I was on this cat's tail. (laughs) Um, I started moving before it it did and it was only a metre behind it. I was only a metre behind it, sorry. My mum was standing at the base of the stairs body blocking ready to catch this cat and shouting, where is it, where is it? And I remember being absolutely flummoxed. Flummoxed? Is that, have I said that right? Flummoxed? Um, I said it must have passed her somehow. And she tells me she's been stood there the whole time since calling me. And nothing went by her because the second she heard me, she was ready for it. And the dog was next to her. 
I walked down looking for anywhere the cat could have slipped through, but there are solid there are solid stairs with only one way up and one way down. I couldn't even slip through a banister because there was none to get through without landing directly in my mother's path. My mum laughed it off as me going nuts and I walked to my friend's house in absolute shell shock, trying to wrap my head around what had just happened. This is where my decision making wasn't as bright, but my friend at the time was practising pagan and suggested doing a Ouija board at his house. I'd never done one before or have ever and never have done one since. This sounds good. Um had done one since he told me the correct ways to protect yourself and start and close etc so i went along with it we did start communicating with someone but it seems it was all a bit of a blur i remember my name being spelt out i accused him of doing it so he removed his hand so it was only mine on the board and i still felt it move in but there's a lot of reasonable explanations to a ouija, to ouija so i try and make take it with a pinch of salt but it's n- not something i practice anymore after this After this, though, the sightings did increase for me. Instead of just shapes in the corners of my eyes, I would see almost complete apparitions of people. The odd figure in the corner of my room turned out to be a man and a young boy. They never did anything, just stood there and stared in a kind of sombre way. Downstairs, we had something else that was louder and a bit more dramatic. We used our garage as storage and had a large wide metal shelving packed with boxes of food. After a few years of them being in place with no issue, we heard the loudest crash and bangs in the middle of the day and went in to find the heavy shelving units from either side completely overturned in the middle of the garage with the contents everywhere. Both doors to the garage were shut and locked at this time and the light switch, the light was on, which could only be done from the inside. Oh, God. Another night, not long after we, were after, we were watching TV in the living room and out of nowhere, a glass bottle of beer was sitting on the windowsill, flew across the room five meters or so and onto the fireplace exploding everywhere the windowsill itself was about two foot deep and we had all gotten into the habit of putting drinks right to the back because of the young children bouncing around because oh i get because they probably would have knocked the drinks off yeah yeah, that makes sense um but they'd been in bed and they were they were all still moving and moving when this happened it was at this point my mum and dad she thinks we have a ghost and she seemed thrilled while the rest of us were still trying to come up with an explanation my stepfather especially was a sceptic and stuck on the fact that the bottle didn't just fall but it was launched across the room from over his head. It was around then I spoke to my friend about how I was seeing and experiencing more stuff since our Ouija experience. He said he believed me and I had an ability to see people more than the average person or at least I was more open to it. He said if I was scared to instead stop allowing myself to see them start ignoring them and it would go away because I wasn't stretching that muscle as it were. They do say that when you start opening, I think it's called like your third eye, which is supposed to be in the middle of your forehead. Um, I, I don't know if it's imaginary or what, but apparently if you open this third eye, you're able to see spirits. Um, but I think it's always when you've had an experience, then you can, I think you can close it, but then I don't know if you can reopen that then. Um, So she wouldn't have to do them uh, using a muscle anymore. And she'd even say she don't want to be around them anymore. I started with the ones in my room. I said, I'm sorry, but I don't want to be startled by seeing them anymore. And I don't want them scaring my family either. I never saw any of them again. I stopped seeing shadows, but that didn't stop the occurrences, even if I ignored them. We would come home to find the dog at the end of the garden waiting for us to come home and refusing to come inside. We have all individually heard someone walking around upstairs and things being thrown around. I moved, I've got real bad shivers again. I know I keep saying that, but these stories are grey. 
Um, I moved out at 17 and put it to the back of my mind. Some minor occurrences still happen, but not as frequent. In my early 20s, I went back as sometimes to look after my younger siblings whilst my mum and dad were away. My sisters were in their early teens slash preteens and were at school throughout the week. I had been watching TV and doing some crossfits like a cool young thing when the running around upstairs started to get under my skin. They were running from the bathroom on the second floor along the hallway into the main bedroom that I was staying in and through to the ensuite, then back again. I finally got annoyed and shouted up to the girls to stop it and the house fell silent. Then I remembered I was on my own. <gasps> oh, I don't like it. The girls were at school as it was 1pm. In my frozen state, I then heard something at the top of the stairs and something dropped to the landing below from where I was sat sitting on the sofa. As soon as it hit the floor, the power in the house turned off. You could hear each of the three floors cut off one by one and to tell you my blood ran cold would be an understatement. I went to the bottom of the stairs, exactly as you shout at the girls in horror movies, not to do and saw the bottle of perfume on the floor. The same bottle that was in my sister's room, in brackets, my old room opposite the stairs, that I picked up off the floor and put back on her dresser after she'd left for school. My brain had tried to piece together any explanation of how this bottle managed to not only fall directly down the gap in the stairs, start onto the floor below, but to get across the hallway, around the corner, off the dresser. That's impossible, isn't it? It doesn't just fall in that way. Um, so there's got to be something something spooky there. I ran to the garage and desperately tried to turn the electric back on the fuse board so I could hear anything other than... Wait, what? I ran to the garage and desperately tried to turn the electric back on 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 the fuse board so I could hear anything other than dead silence. Oh, okay, so the electric was off. That's weird, isn't it? Um, so I could, uh, silence, where am I, where am I? Sorry guys, I've lost myself. Um, whilst I was trying to call my mum to ask if this normally happened to the electricity, but my phone wouldn't connect, I finally managed to reach the fuse board and get everything back up and running. I went back to the stairs and dared to look up as I heard the house turning back to life when a knock at the door nearly sent me into an early grave. It's always like that, isn't it? When, like, all this stuff's happening and then the slightest little noise and you're like, like, yeah. Um, I feel like I'm getting closer to the mic, so it's probably getting louder. Sorry, guys. Um, sent me into an early grave. I don't know how to describe you to the p p to pure panic on this elderly man's face when I opened the door after screaming at the top of my lungs while standing right next to it. This poor man was going around trying to get people to vote in the election and instead had me crying and hyperventilating, unable to explain to him why I was terrified. I finally managed to convince him I was fine and the electricity going out frightened me because I didn't think the Scooby-Doo ghost would, would, help him, would help convince him I was sane. My mum called me back right after I shut the door and said she had answered my call to a load of static sounds which didn't help the fear. <gasps> that is weird, isn't it? I explained everything, and she, without missing a beat, said, Oh yeah, the running around happened all, all the time. Last week, your brother was home alone and went up with a baseball bat twice, convinced someone was there, and had broken in. I went to the kitchen, stood on the phone, and immediately had something from the kitchen side launched up my legs from the counter. Her response was, Oh, I just tell him to stop messing about because I'm not cleaning up after their mess. Genuinely, my mother might be either the most calm or unhinged person ever. I stopped staying in the main room where all the footsteps were leading to that night. 
I was awake all night here and someone paced around my bed. I couldn't sleep in this house. I'd be gone. Um, although I don't know because I quite like, I, I want to experience it. But then at the same time, when I've done it, I feel like I want to want to run away. Um, I was awake all night after hearing someone pace around my bed. Out the closed door, along the hall and coming back again. On more than one occasion, I opened the door despite my own judgment to make sure it, was my, it wasn't my sisters messing around. They were all sleeping in another room and I had no problems. Um, I'm really sorry if you can hear seagulls cheeping in the background um, because I have my window open because it's so warm. Um, I just wanted to say that. Uh, okay, so uh, about a year later, my mum had new dogs who acknowledged the weird goings on but didn't seem to care too much. Everyone in the house either seemed unfazed or pretending nothing had happened until someone mentioned it and it was the, oh yeah, the ghost. My husband and I were staying over and one of my sisters had moved into the room, in brackets, which in my head was now completely off limits to let me sleep in since my last experiences and since my elderly grandmother had passed in there. No thank you. I chose a full night of sleep. <laughs> we had only just got into bed. I hadn't even settled yet, but my husband had fallen asleep in less than a second as per usual when I heard a bang and screaming. I flew out of my bed to my sister's room like the mama bear and tried her door but couldn't get in. The door would only open about an inch and I could see her on the bed screaming and shouting for help. I asked her what had happened and she said something through the mirror off her wall and blocked the door as I'm standing. Blocked the door and as I'm standing there I can hear things crashing around the floor along her drawers and TV stand, even though she's on the other side of the room. I'm shouting for my husband and or family who all went to the bed at the same time as us less than five minutes ago, but are now apparently deep in sleep of the dead and no one's come in. I plead with her to come to the door and lift the mirror so I can get in, but she's too frightened. I shout that I won't let anything hurt her and with that the door suddenly gives enough for me to squeeze my hand through, lift the, the edge of the mirror enough so I can force my way through the door and the room falls silent again. I move the mirror to the other side of the room, away from the door, and comfort her. Well, before asking what happened, she said she was watching TV, it turned off, and then the mirror seemed to lift and fall to the ground. Then everything started falling off the side drawers, one after another. I announced more than I announced more to the room than to her. Nothing is allowed to frighten her. If she doesn't want anything there, she can tell them to leave. They aren't welcome if they, if they mean harm. That's the last experience I had in that house, and from what I've gathered... The only things now are minor. The footsteps, occasionally things falling down, but no trauma causing terror. After this happened, I spoke to someone I know who realised the link with the time frame. Each time events increased was around a, te around a teenage girl in distress. Both my sister and myself suffer with depression and had remarked a lot of paranormal activity seemed to occur around girls going through puberty and could either be poltergeist or spirits coming through more possibly because emotions are very raw. This is actually true. Um, I did some research on poltergeist before, and I think it's around like 95% of the poltergeist stories all happen to a teenage girl going through puberty. Um, I think it's because of the, um, the emotions being so high. Um, I hadn't heard of any of this before, but now both my sisters are basically adults. There seems to be barely any activity and could explain why this had happened in a new house. The only information I can find on the area that it was the farmlands before our house was built and was still farmland in the 40s. Others have suggested past family members or spirits to seek to protect children as they did 
try to befriend or show themselves at different points of the chaos. The teenage thing is what rings more true to me as it makes more sense. My sisters were scared when they were young and I was a teenager at its first height of activity but in the effort to comfort them I told them nothing would dare to cause us any harm because I'm the scariest thing out there. Oddly this seemed to help although I'm slightly offended it worked. <laughs> um, whilst I tried to work on my own confidence around what was going on Either way, living there was certainly experience and my mum still talks to her friend, the ghost. Wow. Okay, so those were two amazing stories. Thank you very, very much to the, the person who sent those in. Obviously, I'm going to keep her name anonymous. Um, and yeah, I'm sorry if I chopped and changed your story a little bit as I went through because I was reading it off the paper. Um, super, super good stories. Um, a lot of, pol like I said earlier, Poltergeist stories involve teenage girl for some reason it's so weird um there's the famous story about the um oh what was her name Shirley and the ghost of um the prince I can't remember what his name was oh what did they call him I can't remember what they called him now but they they give him a nickname and he was writing letters and everything to her um I'm not saying your stories are similar but they they have aspects of similarity um but yeah how how creepy and i honestly have no explanation for you i th i genuinely think you you had a uh, paranormal experiences um but yeah just wanted to quickly say remember guys you can actually get in contact too with any of the stories you have um there's plenty of ways of doing that which i will explain at the end of the episode uh so for the last part of the podcast now I'm going to share with you a little short story because I've given you two really long ones now and I don't want to keep rambling because it's been nearly half an hour already. Um, so, uh, guess where this one's from? <laughs> yep, you've guessed it. <laughs> Boardpanda.com. Uh, now, just as a quick pre-warning, this story uh, does contain some swear words in it um, and explicit content, shall I say. So, um, just be aware of that. If this isn't your thing, you can skip to the end of the episode now. Okay, so the story is called The Shadow, and it reads, One day, my new wife and I were having an argument. I can't even recall what it was about. She walked down the block to get a cup of coffee and cool off. As I was alone in the house, the place was built... Sorry. As I was alone in the house, the way the place was built was incredibly, incredibly haphazard. Or haphazard, sorry. There was a bedroom and a living room on one side, then a bathroom with two entrances. On the other side of the bathroom, there was a hallway that had windows in one side and two bedrooms on the other. From my bedroom, I could look across the hall into the bathroom. Then through the bathroom and down the other hall, I was standing at my dresser and I noticed movement out of the corner of my eye. I looked down there and there was, honest to God, this gives me goosebumps just typing it, 17 years later, a black figure... It was maybe three feet tall and it was only vaguely humanoid. It looked like black scribbles, like someone had scribbled a human shape, but the scribbles moved like electricity ar arcing. That was the best way to describe it. I don't think I've said that word right. Arcing? <laughs> That's definitely not right. Um, there was no sound that I could remember. I distinctly remember when I saw it, I wasn't afraid. I was just like, WTF. Then it, no, I, it noticed me looking at it. I can't say it turned around. It just focused on me, I guess. Then I was scared. It didn't move. 
didn't scream, nothing. I was just frozen because I was... it. Oh, I was just frozen because it just fucking came at me. Just rushed down the hallway towards me. I had no idea what it intended, but as soon as I entered the bathroom, the door closest to me just slammed shut and I screamed. I yelled for my wife. She wasn't home. I went the fuck outside into the daylight and didn't go back in until she got home about 10 minutes later. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe I saw something supernatural, but I know I saw something. I don't know what it was. Oh my God, I just had the worst goosebumps ever throughout this episode for all these stories. Um, Imagine that, seeing that. But again, it always seems to happen, especially podcast activity or things moving, when emotions are high. When, like I said, if girls are going through um, their their puberty stage or whether um, people are in an argument and there's bad, like, negativity in the house, there's bad energy in the house, there always seems to be things like that happen. And this will be in around 95% of any ghost stories you'll read. So I don't know what that tells us, but it's a fact. Um, Yes, so... I'm going to bring you to the end of the episode now. Um, I really hope you've enjoyed listening to me ramble these stories. Um, I couldn't wait to share those personal stories from the anonymous uh, listener because they were two of my favourite ones we've had so far. Um, Remember, though, you can get in touch with your stories too. I still want to hear all your stories, guys. Um, I want to be able to react and, um, I don't know, maybe try and explain a little bit as well the stories, the more I do my research on stuff, the more I might be able to give you solutions or theories. Um, I'm no expert, obviously, but I feel like as I do more research, I get a bit more, um, what's the word? A bit more into the paranormal, then, we should say. Um, you can get in touch via Instagram, TikTok, or email. The email is creepingitrealwithmorgan at gmail.com. Um, thank you so much again, honestly. Um, I'm so excited for the next few weeks as we draw into the Halloween season. I have a lot of things planned. I have a lot of ideas and places I want to explore and and find out more about. Um, as I discussed in last week's episode, there's so many paranormal um, investigation tours I want to go on. And then I can share like my own personal stories and tell you if I think a place is haunted or not. Um, but yeah, if it's something you're interested in too as well, um, on my social media accounts, I'm going to share some Halloween content with you. Um things like Halloween deck or um, activities I might do and stuff like that because, again, it is all still in the spooky season genre. So if it is something you're interested in, you can follow my personal account on TikTok as well. Um, I am actually finally going to at, like upload some videos this week. Um, I have my little setup now. The studio, I've got like a makeshift little corner of the room where I'm going to use it as my studio. I did try recording this podcast on the camera, but the camera cut out halfway through, so I'm not sure why because I haven't looked at it yet. But if you see a video, um, please give it a like and a comment. I want to speak to some of you guys personally as well, not just through messages. Let's get commenting on stuff on social media. Um, but yeah, uh, I hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week. Um, so until then, remember, stay spooky and always creep it real. Bye, guys.